What's going on, guys? Welcome to the Relentless Life Podcast. I'm your host, Chance Galloway. I created this podcast to help individuals find their purpose in life, to never give up, and to learn how to live relentlessly through the minds of individuals who exemplify what it means to live a relentless lifestyle. Are you ready to take this journey with me? Let's take off. What's going on, guys? Happy freaking Tuesday. So welcome back to another live. If you're tuning in on Facebook, on Instagram, if you guys are streaming uh, on the replay on the podcast, welcome freaking back to the live, the podcast. I'm super stoked to be here, guys. Every day, 1 p.m., we're dropping lives. We're turning them into podcasts, um, and I'm super freaking stoked about it. So today we're going to be talking about habit building. I'm going to wait for some people to drop in here. If you guys are just joining in, I want you guys to drop some wins from today. Tuesday is all about habits, habit building. I love Tuesdays because so many people don't realize when we can build a strong routine, a morning routine, a nightly routine, a workflow throughout the day, we're going to be so much more abundant and successful throughout our life. So today I'm going to be covering five must-have habits that you guys should be implementing to really just, you know, live the best life possible, to feel good, to perform good, um, to just be the best, you know, the your best self, to be the most impactful. I'm sipping on coffee number two. Um, So I did have, what's going on, Jake? What's going on, brother? Happy freaking Tuesday. Drop a win in the comments below, dude. I want to hear about you, man. Haven't spoken to you in a minute. Um, But as I was just saying, we're going to be talking about five habits that I participate in damn near every day to just really feel good, to be my best self, um, to show up for my clients, to show up um, for, for my relationships, for work, for everything, for family. So yes, sir. Happy Tuesday, bro. So we're going to be going over those five habits today. Um, to, this morning, I had a procedure, not a procedure, a test done. It was a oral swallow study, they call it. So for those of you guys that don't know, and I really don't share this uh, on social media, but my whole life I've had issues with choking on food and not in my trachea. So like it was never to the point to where I can't breathe, but food would literally get caught in my esophagus, in my upper esophagus area. And when I would try to drink water or something to flush it down, the water would just back up to the point to where I would, it's disgusting, but I would vomit the water up. And then I have all this food lumped up in my throat. Sometimes it would, it lasts five to 10 minutes, other times a half an hour. I've had it to the point to where it, it once lasted me up to five, five and a half hours of, I had pork and I know this is super gross and like, we're going to get into that. I'm going to wait for some people to come in here and so we can talk about habits, but it got to the point to where this pork was lodged in my throat for five hours and it was starting to harden. And I literally had my dad drive me to the hospital because I, I didn't know what to do. I couldn't get it out. And as we drove into parked, what's going on, babe, as we pulled into Inglewood hospital parking lot, it just randomly went down. So like, I don't know if that was God, like saying like, he didn't want me to go into surgery or like what it was. But this is something I've struggled with my entire life. And I finally had this oral swallow study done today. And it was kind of cool because they could see, they had me drink this, this bare arm like solution, this very thick solution. 
So as I was drinking it, they had this x-ray scanner right in front of me and it was, you know, it was movable. So they were moving it as I would swallow the solution and they could watch it pass through my esophagus, you know, down through my esophageal sphincter into my stomach. And then he had me swallow this little tablet, right? So I popped the tablet in my mouth, swallowed. I actually had a hard time getting the tablet down. It was hard and I just wasn't used to it. And I like was having a hard time getting it down. Finally swallow it, goes down my throat, no problem. And then I guess on the film, he could see, I could literally see it live. I could see this tablet, not that big, maybe like, maybe like the size of a dime, right? A little thicker than that though. I could see it sitting at the top, at the bottom of my esophagus. So we have our esophagus, right? Comes all the way down here. And then there's a sphincter, right? We all know what a sphincter is. And that sphincter controls the allowance of food or liquid to enter our stomach. Once it enters our stomach and there's no more food or liquid to pass, it closes, right? So it's supposed to be opening and closing just like that. And I guess mine doesn't properly function to where when food goes there, it doesn't receive neurologically the signal to open. And you could see that pill that he gave me was stuck just above that sphincter. And it was just sitting there at the bottom of my esophagus. So I'm probably going to have to have an endoscopy done. They're going to have to put me under anesthesia, put a camera and some tools down my throat and, and manually have that sphincter stretch. I don't know how that works because a, a sphincter, when it's not being utilized, is supposed to naturally be tight and closed. So I don't know how they're going to open that up over the long term. So that's going to be interesting. But I just thought that was something that what's going on, Matt? Happy freaking Tuesday, bro. I thought that that was something like interesting, you know, like I, my whole life for 25 years, I've been dealing with this choking problem. And I finally, you know, saw an ENT three weeks ago and he had prescribed me to have this procedure, this, um, this study done. And you know, lo and behold, like I have this issue with my esophageal and Matt, you probably know this because you work in the hospital. I, I don't know if I'm using the right terms. I'm a fitness guy, not a, not a gastro or ENT or anything like that, but the, the sphincter, I would call it the esophageal sphincter. And if you're in here, correct me if I'm wrong. Um, I might have to have that stretch and that's just not working properly. I didn't know though this whole time. I thought it was something to do with here. And I guess the, the radiology doctor had said that um, the esophagus and that sphincter are both innervated by the same nerve. So with that being said, when there's food that is trapped above that sphincter and that's not able to pass through, what that does is it sends a signal to our nervous system to send spasms up and down our esophagus, I guess, to try to get it to open. But as those spasms occur, um, it causes any more food that's being shoveled into my mouth and I'm trying to swallow to get caught because now with those spasms, that esophagus is becoming constricted. So I'm not trying to get off too much on a tangent here. Like I just went down a, a friggin' rabbit hole, but that was definitely something that kind of altered my perspective. Like in life, sometimes if you have a gut feeling about something or you see something that's repetitive, that keeps coming up, take action on it. Don't just keep waiting and think that it's normal. So this whole time I had an issue with my esophageal sphincter, I guess. And I never would have known it if I didn't have this study done. So yeah, that's, that was my morning. That was my nine to 11 today. Hopefully you guys are having a better morning than me. Um, at least I, I figured it out though. I thought that that was pretty interesting enough to kind of share her on live. Um, what did you say, Jake? Yeah, that's crazy. I've never heard of that. Never too late to get things checked out. Absolutely. Completely agree with you. Um, Got to go, bro. Have a great day. Have a great day, brother, if you're still here. 
So, so kind of let's, let's get into it. So let's get into today's discussion. We're going to talk about five habits that you may or may not be doing that are going to drastically improve the way that you feel, the way that you even look, the way that you perform in your relationships, in your career, um, just in general, in the gym, if you're an athlete, right, in your sport. So breaking these five habits down, number one is getting outside, getting outside, getting sufficient amounts of sun exposure for at least, at least 20 to 30 minutes a day. Now, if you live in an area unlike me, where it's sunny all the time here in Southwest Florida, I understand, um, you know, with that being said, try your best to get as much sun exposure every day. This is, um, very imperative to our health. I just got to call live. This is very imperative to our health because as human beings, we evolved and we, that's the best way, that's the best way to put it. We evolved outside. So as soon as you start to become disassociated or disattached with, you know, our ancestors and the way that they live, both with how they eat, with their lifestyle, with being outside all the time, with not using things like shampoos or lotions with the shit ton of fragrances and, you know, added dyes and stuff like that. When you get away from the way that we used to live, um, problems start to occur, you know, like we're human beings have been around for a very, very, very long time, much longer. What's going on, Gabriel? Happy freaking Tuesday, bro. We're going over the five habits that can have a very large um, positive impact on your life. And we're talking about sun exposure right now. Um, but as I was saying, guys, um, getting away from that can be extremely detrimental because humans have been around for so long. We've been around for thousands upon thousands of years, and we've been designed through adaptation, through evolution biologically to function a certain way. And we need certain things. We need animal fats and animal proteins. We need sufficient amounts of vitamin D for proper synthesis of uh, testosterone production, hormonal regulation and secretion. And, and, you know, I can go on and on. The list is really extravagant, but at the end of the day, we need to understand that the closer we can live to the way our ancestors did thousands of years ago, the healthier that we're going to be, the less medication we're going to have to take, the less chance of illness and chronic diseases we're going to be exposed to as we age right? There are things we can do. It's called preventative medicine. It's called preventative health. And, you know, we do that through things like sun exposure, getting outside, getting ample amounts of sunlight on the skin and not using toxic sunscreens, right? With all of these fragrances and all of these different chemicals and parabines and, 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 and these things are killing us. That is what's truly causing skin cancer. And I know I'm going to have a lot of people out there that might watch this and might disagree with that. But at the end of the day, guys, from personal experience and thousands of other people that I follow stories, when you can cut out things like PUFAs, polyunsaturated fatty acids, otherwise known as right seed oils, any type of cooking oil, when you cut those things out of your diet and start replacing those with healthy animal fats, such as tallow, suet, um, clarified butter, ghee, lard, what you're going to do is you're going to increase the durability and the strength of your skin membranes and, and, when you're exposed to that sun, you're going to be able to be able to build up a certain tolerance to sun and no longer burn the way that you used to. That skin, those cells are going to be very strong and adaptable because that's what human beings do at the end of the day is we adapt. What's going on? No mercy, Mike. Happy freaking Tuesday. Um, but our skin adapts, guys, to 
the sun and two external factors and getting sun for 20 to 30 minutes a day is going to drastically improve your health on every single freaking level. So that's number one. Number two, very important and just as important as sun exposure is meditation. Meditation, guys. I'm telling you right now, meditation has been a game changer in not only the way that I feel, but my mindset and being able to, and if my girlfriend's still on here, Kate, if she knows this, I'm a very high anxiety, high stressed, easily overwhelmed type of a person. Once something stressful gets into my head, it's very hard for me to let that thing go. But with meditation and with practice, they call it the the art or the practice of meditation, and that's what it is. With the practice of meditation, we're able to literally train our minds to alter its state. And what we can do, guys, the more that we practice meditation, the more we'll stay consistent with it. So next time we're in a argument with our significant other or there's a coworker that's pissing us off, or maybe our dog had explosive diarrhea when we got home and we're like, oh my God, I just worked 12 hours and I have to deal with this shit. Literally, you know, whatever it is, you're able to literally like put your mind in a different state. You're able to deal with that situation in a completely altered way. And that is going to dictate the rest of your day, the rest of your week. Like some people allow stress and certain, you know, overwhelming situations to literally dictate the rest of their day, the rest of the week. And then what happens guys is this eventually turns into a characteristic of who you are. And then it turns into just your personality. Like it's just someone, it's just who you are now. You're a stressed person because you allowed a certain situation 10 or 15 years ago to build and to accumulate over time and 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 that led into other situ- stressful stressful situations and you reacted the same way and it, you know it's kind of that snowball effect to where once those things occur you know you really can't do anything about it cuz now it's just who you are but what meditation does is it com- it combats those stressful situations and teaches you through the art of practice that by calming your thoughts calming your mind learning to let thoughts go in one side of your mind out the other And for you to be able to just focus on your breath and being in that present moment, it trains your mind to be okay with stress. It trains your mind to deal with stress in a different way. I like meditating in front of red light every morning. I do it for about five to 10 minutes. Um, It's very, very crucial for me to do these things because if I don't, I literally like the difference in my days, guys, of me doing all of these habits and not doing them is exponential. Like the, the difference is so severe that I can go from literally doing my one hour morning routine and having the best day ever to not doing my morning routine or doing it half-assed and having like one of the worst days of my entire life. Like that's for me how important these habits are. And I know like, I'm not saying that you guys like have a great life or have a shitty life, but even if you're someone who has a great life or someone that falls in the middle, like you don't just have to be someone that's like, I'm struggling every day. Like You could be someone that's like already kicking ass in life and not realize that if you implement at least one of these habits that I'm discussing with you today, like your, your life can go from great to fucking amazing. Like there's always another level. There's always another rung of that ladder that we can be climbing 
So it's like, I'm not, it's not about staying here, but rather like continuing to move like up, you know? So like, that's what meditation does for me. And it's super fucking important. Number three is going to be cold exposure. So either cold showers, cold plunges. I do a cold shower every morning. Um, and then even at nights, like if I, if I'll take a hot shower or warm shower to kind of open up my sinuses, I will also, uh, at the end of that shower for about a minute or two, I'll blast it on cold. I like to shut all my pores and then it just kind of creates a sense of like alertness, awareness. Um, and it just feels good. Like something about a cold shower. I don't know if anyone here has experience with cold showers. If you guys do, I'd love to hear from you in the comments, but it really is something that's changed my entire life just by doing this. And I, I want to start getting into cold plunges more because, you know, like cold plunges really just immerse your body in such a, in such a way, like cold showers only do so much for me, especially down in Southwest Florida, the, the water really isn't truly cold. So when you can add ice into the equation and, and really create that cryo type of an effect, it's like next level. So, so to summarize things so far, we're at number three. We got one sun exposure, two meditation, uh, three cold showers or cold plunges, some sort of cold exposure. And so number four, guys, is going to be movement. Second cup of black coffee. So number four is going to be movement. And when I say movement, I don't just mean like going to the gym and pumping a bunch of iron for two hours because like I did that. And my outlook on the gym and on fitness, like I'm a, I'm a certified personal trainer. I've been for the last eight years and I guarantee you that I like my approach to fitness now is 180 degrees the other way compared to what it was even just two years ago. It's completely different. And most fitness professionals are going to have a very similar approach. And I'm not taking a shit on fitness professionals because it's really an incredible um, thing that they are doing. Um, you know, at the end of the day, being able to teach others to create a, you know, a, a realization and awareness of their physical fitness is very important and it's an incredible career. And I, enjoy, that's what got me into it in the beginning. But as I've evolved as a personal trainer and as I've evolved with my own health ailments and, and I have a lot of them, like you guys have heard me talk about it all the time. I'm constantly complaining to my girlfriend about them because it's, it's just something and look, even here, I'm, I'm, my head is torted to the left. Um, but even then guys, it's like, all of these things that I'm learning from going through what I've been going through has put me in a position to now just be more aware of it and be able to instruct others. Like, listen, this is what I went through. This is, this is what got me there. This is what you probably should not do. Like everyone's different, but at the end of the day, at the end of the day, all human beings are very, very similar. Yes, we have our own we're all built differently. Like we all have different anatomical structure in a certain way, but like we all are built with very similar asymmetries. We're all built with, you know, very similar evolutionarily consistent coding in regards to getting out, having to get outside to thrive, eating a certain way, AKA an animal based diet, moving a certain way. Like we, our gait is all the same. It's not like you're comparing when you compare one human to another, it's not like you're comparing a human to a gorilla or a human to a lion or, or a shark. Like we're very similar 
So with that being said, the knowledge I've acquired from learning my own personal struggles and battles, I know can relate to a million other people at the very minimum. And same goes with you watching this. Like everyone has a story, everyone has struggles. And regardless of if it has to do with fitness or not, you have something very important to share with the world. And you know that's why I wrote a book and I'm not going to get into that rabbit hole now, but that's kind of like, we all have a story to share and it's our obligation to share that story because we, there's so many people out there that can learn from your story. Like there's millions of people that can learn from every one of you listening to this story. And it's powerful when you really put yourself in that perspective. So with movement, you know, we have asymmetries. We have a diaphragm and it's not really talked about in the study, in, in the NASM certification or, you know, other personal training certifications, but it's having a diaphragm and, and, and understanding what it does, how it pumps air and how it creates negative and positive pressure between our upper and lower thorax and how it works uh, in accordance with our pelvic floor, otherwise known as our pelvic diaphragm together to pump air in and out of our lungs. Um, you know, these things aren't taught with typical certifications that personal trainers are required to, to take, to become certified, to help train people. And, you know, these things all go in relation to movement. Breathing comes number one, and that's our number, I'm not jumping ahead, but that's number five. But, but breathing has to do with movement and movement in order to be a healthy human has to be uh, understood properly. So a few things that I would consider to be a healthy movement would be number one, walking. So if you were to go for a walk every morning and it's sunny outside, you can literally practice, not practice, but you can get your sun exposure and you can get your movement in 20 to 30 minutes. You can knock two of those five habits out in one 30 minute session or 20 minute session. You can also practice, and I'm not trying to jump ahead here, but you can also practice certain breathing techniques when you're walking. Things like getting a good exhalation, squeezing your nose, holding your breath for 10 to 15 seconds, letting that carbon dioxide build up in your system. That's three of five habits that you're knocking out in a 20 to 30 minute session, right? So, so number one would be walking. Number two would be um, some form of, of resistance training. So whether that's in the gym and, and making sure guys, not just to train in a sagittal in a sagittal plane here, but understanding that we do have a frontal plane that in 99.99% and I got another call there, 99.99% of people are not properly practicing training in a frontal plane. We're sagittal beasts. And that's what I've learned with postural restoration is, and there's a whole um, uh, seminar lecture on it on YouTube. It's with Mike author. And then the founder of the PRI clinic, Mike Haruska. If you guys are interested in looking or watching that uh, seminar, that presentation, they do a phenomenal job at ex explaining the difference between the three planes of human movement. And that, like I said, when you go to the gym, 99% of the movements that are being performed in there, probably 100% of them, right? I can never say 100, are being performed in a sagittal plane. Squats, deadlifts, bench press, shoulder press, bicep curls, all in a sagittal plane where we're either moving forward or backwards. And what we don't understand is the gait cycle, the human gait cycle, otherwise known as walking, 
must have proper function of the sagittal, the frontal, and the transverse planes. So as we walk, we're moving in a sagittal direction, right? So we're actually moving forward, right? And then as we're moving, we're switching from left dominant, left hip to right hip, left hip to right hip, using muscles like the glute medius, the glute max that are pushing us from side to side, otherwise known as the frontal plane. And then on top of that, our torso, as we switch from one side to the other, is having to rotate on those hips, on that lower body. That's your transverse plane. So typical human movement is performed in three different planes. And what happens is when we start to train in a bilateral, meaning at the same time, so a squat is a bilateral movement. When we're training bilateral movements, the same sagittal plane over and over and over again, what we're going to do is create imbalances because we're naturally getting away from the way humans, humans, humans naturally move. So to kind of combat this, guys, you have to understand that movement is very important for human health and not just movement like with resistance training, but doing proper resistance training, doing movements that are going to incorporate you moving from side to side, you know, uh, practicing more internal rotation of the hips. Most people are externally rotated. And these are all things that I have been able to kind of understand and be more aware of through postural restoration PRI. And it's made an uh, incredible difference in the way that I feel every day. Like I'm in pain constantly. Right. And I, the, the amount of times that I'm in pain compared to not is extravagant. And I just never talk about it. But with that being said, PRI has helped me tremendous, tremendously and movement, human, proper human movement will allow you to be your best self and feel the way you deserve to feel. So that's number four. Uh, I just noticed my laptop is going to die in probably five or 10 minutes. So I'm going to try to wrap this video up here. Um, so number five is breathing. And when I say breathing, I don't just mean like, just like unaware breathing, but intentional breathing and understand there's a difference between left and right nostril breathing and that there's different exercises you can incorporate every day to unclog a left versus a right side. I have a deviated septum. I have inflamed turbulence. I have a lot of nasal issues. So I've been forced to learn about this stuff. So if you're someone that struggles with breathing, number five, having number five is going to be very uh, important for you to implement. And knowing that being aware that when we breathe out of our mouth, we miss 30 different specific functions that are only performed by the nose. So when we're breathing through our nose, there's 30 things specifically that our nose can do that our mouth can. So when we're breathing through our mouth, we're missing out on very important and crucial things that happen here when air passes through our sinuses, um, such as the buildup of nitric oxide in our system, which actually lowers blood pressure. It, it dilates our blood vessels. So if you're someone with high blood pressure and you're a mouth breather, that is a direct correlation to why you likely have, or at least a big part of why you likely have um, high blood pressure, right? So these are all things to be aware of. And if you're not aware of them and you want to learn more, please reach out to me and I can put you in the right direction or provide you with the proper resources of where I find my information that has significantly helped me to better my breathing mechanics on a daily basis, because truly I haven't uh, improved them. I might 
I'm probably going to need a turbinate reduction surgery done. Um, you know, and it took me 25 years to realize this, but there are methods that you can do to in, incorporate proper breathing mechanics to improve your breathing and overall improve your life. So to wrap this video up, I don't want my, my uh, laptop here to die without saving my StreamYard video for my podcast. Five habits that we discussed today that are a must every day. It should take you no longer than an hour to get these five done. And you can do them in the morning, in the afternoon, or at night. I like doing them in the morning because it really sets me up for success the rest of my day. Number one is going to be sun exposure, 20 to 30 minutes of premium sun exposure. Number two, meditation. Make sure you guys are getting in at least five to 10 minutes every day. Cold exposure is number three. We are going to think of cold showers, cold plunges here to really incorporate that self-awareness, that alertness. Uh, and all the other health benefits that are associated with it. Number four is going to be movement, understanding that we move in three planes, not one, not a sagittal, but a sagittal, frontal, and transverse plane. And then finally, breathing. Number five is breathing, and that is incorporating things like nostril breathing, being able to differentiate from left to right, um, keeping our mouth shut when we sleep and throughout the day, making sure we primarily breathe out of our nose. We don't want to miss out on those 30 primary functions that are all include in nasal breathing. And that the diaphragm is a very important part of human movement and human, human breathing. So if you guys enjoyed this live, I put a lot of information out there. If you want to go back and watch, it will be posted on my Facebook, on Instagram, on my YouTube channel as the video edited podcast. And then also on my, um, my podcast as well, which is available on Spotify uh, as well as the Apple podcast app. If you guys have any questions, feel free to reach out to me with any of the information that I threw at you today. Um, with that being said, I hope you guys have the best freaking day of your entire life. Much love, much respect, stay freaking relentless, and I will talk to you guys soon. Let's freaking go. Thanks so much for listening today. I hope you enjoyed the episode. If you did, feel free to hit that subscribe button and leave a review. This helps further spread the message of the relentless life. You can find me on Instagram as Chance Galloway Fitness. I'm also available on LinkedIn and Facebook. If you have any questions following this episode, feel free to reach out to me at chancegalloway at live.com. Thanks again. Until next time, keep living consistently relentless.